welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. Thank you for being with us on this program, and we are here. Sundays at 7 a.m. and sun Monday Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday mornings at 1 a.m. Streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. We are also uh, on this special edition of Tell Me Your Story, and uh, we hope that you will join us. Uh, we're on four times a week, which is fantastic. Those three plus this special edition during the week, and uh, we are real excited to have this opportunity to bring information to you that. Uh, well, uh, that we enjoy bringing to you. I learned from it. I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. And what's great is we have a psychotherapist on the program who can help me in my one hour of therapy. Uh, and I love it because uh, it's not exactly free because i got to work for it. Okay? i got to ask the right questions in order to get the answers that, uh, that I'm looking for. But I'm hoping that uh, the universe is asking those questions through me that will help you as well. We also encourage you to go to our podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and all of the other locations that are available out there. Just look up Tell Me Your Story, Richard Dugan. We're on YouTube now. This program can be seen on video, so you can watch our interviews. We'll have all of the information for our guests as far as website. We'll have a, maybe we'll have a slide up there of the, of the book, if they've got a book, and uh, that way you can have more information uh, to, uh, to continue your evolutionary process. If you'd like to support the work that we're doing, you like what we're doing. We would love to have that support financially. That's why we have a PayPal account for your security as well as ours, and any amount is greatly appreciated. We will take energetic support as well. Please also participate in the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s. Spend that time going within. We may even talk about that a little bit here with our special guest here on the program. And I want to make sure that I get this woman's name right. She's been on the program before, and it's uh, Alka Schultz. Is that correct? Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much. And you got it. It's Alka. So thank you. You are <laughs> very, that. I, I wish to show you the utmost of respect as I do every guest. I want to get their names correct uh, because nice. uh, it's your name. And, uh, you know, you're not going to respond to uh, any other derivation thereof. Who are you calling somebody? I'll see if I can find them for you because that's not me. <laughs> so I, I find it very interesting that uh, some hosts, they butcher the, in the context of the interview, it stays in there, whether it's live or recorded. And it's like, are you kidding me? You couldn't take the time. So I, I really want to make sure, Alka, that, that we get this right, you know. So I'm you glad got I, I got it right on the good. first shot there. Now, the last yeah. time we were, you, ha you were on the program, we were talking, of course, about uh, uh, stress and anxiety. Obviously, during 2020, uh, we're now in 2021. And uh, we were talking about the financial stressors uh, that a lot of people are facing, whether you're a business or you're an individual. And uh, I, you know, I myself now, I, I felt rather fortunate that back a year ago at this time, wasn't really facing that big of a problem because my wife had been furloughed. And as many people reported, they were making more money on unemployment being furloughed or what have you than they were when they were working. And that was nice. But even if I was, and if, if I was receiving it, I'd still want to work. I, I can't sit around and do nothing. I, I need to be, I need to ha my hands need to be busy doing something. And uh, so now we're a year around the clock, a year around the calendar. And hey, I got hit with, uh, for the first time in this period, a little bit of a stressor. Now I've been through a couple of bumps in the road, uh, but uh, I decided I didn't want to hit that same bump again. So I did something that a lot of people are afraid to do. 
This part even gives people anxiety regardless of what's going on around the rest of the world. And that is I communicated with my creditors. I called them and I said, hey, uh, you know, you know that everybody's going through this. You're going through it as the person on the other end of the phone. Help me. What, what can you do to help me? And so I was willing to accept, believe it or not. They closed my accounts. They got rid of the interest. They got rid of late fees. They lowered my monthly payment. You know, it's going to take a while for me to get it squared away. But you know what? I was looking at the short term, not the long term. I even called some of these debt consolidation places, you know, that'll go to bat for you and they'll try to either get it reduced or eliminated. But the, what they were charging me wasn't really helping me. So I took the bull by the horns and I did it myself and I feel so much better about that. And I didn't always get what I wanted from each one, but at least I put it out there. Would you, even as a psychotherapist, would you say that regardless of whether it's economic or otherwise, that communicating with the other parties, husband, wife, children, boss, uh, co-workers, et cetera, et cetera, friends, what have you, uh, is that one of the biggest problems we have because of the stigma, the shame? And this would apply in so many different areas we're going to get into on this program. Absolutely. And um, Richard, you did a, a really good job. And uh, part of the things that, you know, we talked about last time is we need to be honest with ourselves and face, face the issue sooner than later. And the other thing that, that you did, which um, is really good, is to call the creditors because, um, you know, their experiences, they eventually want their money. They don't really want to take your home. They don't want to take your car back. They don't really want to write that off. So when somebody calls, they really appreciate that. And they actually do a lot of work like what you express. This is not uncommon. They will work with you. Um, I've even known lease companies to make deals and say, you know what, on your next uh, tax return or if you get a lump sum of money, look at we'll, we'll settle off and we'll saw off. And, and they're just happy to, um, it saves them money, uh, they get some money back and uh, they're just thrilled that, uh, that people will work with them. So yeah, absolutely. And, and it's a hard, hard call to make uh, that telephone. We call it the 25 pound telephone. It's like, you, you know, we want to make the call, but we're nervous. We don't know how we're going to be received though. So, um, you know, your experience, I've had experience and certainly have been encouraged clients too, and they've had good experiences and sure it takes a little while, but they also help in budgeting, and, and here's something that's so beneficial, and you just mentioned it, I feel better. Yes, uh, you know, your self-esteem is intact, you feel empowered, and that gives you energy. And you know what, it will get paid off. And that in itself is just huge. And um, I think you mentioned something before, and it was shame. And yes, we have the shame of failure, we, we want to hide it. And then a lot of times we let the situation get worse. And um, you know, then we think, oh, you know, and in your case, you know, you're going, wow, all these things happen and change. And I've had that experience as well. And so have my clients. So good for you. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm just curious, uh, is it really that much different? Say, I mean, you're in Canada. Is it that much different there than here? I, you know, I mean, I know that the different, there are different laws and businesses might be run slightly differently. Again, I don't know. 
off the top of my head. I mean, is Canada uh, well, a capitalist Canada, for enterprise? I'm saying the experience is the same. Yeah. So okay. uh, the leasing companies, some of them are national, some are international. Yeah. And like I said, and okay, credit card companies, you know, there's one too. And um, they're interested in getting their money. They don't want to lose money. However, if, um, if they can reduce um, the interest to help people out, they will do that. And this is something that you can do. And so good for you to call. And, and manage that. And um, yeah, it's, and, it is a thing. Yeah. So, and, yeah. and, and quite honestly, the worst thing that they can say to you when asking for help is, no, there's nothing we can do. So you're no, you're no worse off than you were before you called them. But at least normally what they do is they keep a record of the calls and the information. They'll put notes in your, in your record and so forth. But one of the things that I also accepted when they told me, well, you know, Richard, we're going to have to close your accounts and that's going to ding your credit score and your credit rating. And I said, fine, because that's short term compared to, and this is what a lot of people are doing, and I'm sure bankruptcy filings are up this time, you know, at this time. Um, that's with you for 10 years. The, the little ding that you're going to get for a short time as you're paying this off with the card closed, that's not going to last that long because... Once that starts to get paid down, that means that your your uh, cr credit limit to debt or what you owe begins to change. You know, the, the credit limit goes up as far as what's available and the amount that you owe goes down. So that's going to help your credit score as well. So you kind of have to look at it sh more in terms of the short term in this instance, I think. Now, electric companies, your utilities... Not as much flexibility there, but a lot of them do have some programs, and especially if you're low, middle income, that kind of thing, they will work with you. I've, I've communicated with my electric company, and they work. But, but the one key, I think, that is so important, and I'd love for you to address this, the person on the phone with you didn't make the rules, and they're probably in exactly the same situation that you are, they're facing the same challenges you are. And so it's real important for us to go into that conversation, understanding that you're talking with someone who sh is sharing your experience. Absolutely. And, and um, uh, you're right. And uh, you're right. They don't make the rules. And the other thing too, is if you're not happy with the answer is just calmly say, you know, can I speak to a supervisor that can make these decisions? Yeah. And a lot of times um, they'll just either say, you know, I'm the supervisor. Well, then, you know, or or they'll say just a minute. Yes, sure. I will pass you along. And um, and yes, we have that experience, too, is, you know, our, our utility companies will work with you for yeah. sure. And, and so it's really important, I think, uh, to understand uh, the position that you're in is to face it. And probably that's the most scariest part. And, you know, you mentioned communicating with your partner or your family, um, you know, just kind of laying it down on the table and say, look, we got to pull together here. Some, something's not, we're going in one direction and it's not the right direction. Um, and so, uh, you know, understand your options and, and do some research and you did. And, and that's something that's great for, for you to do is, 
you know, just uh, considering a few options, getting some more information. And then you realized, oh, yeah, my option was I could call them direct and um, and you got some really positive uh, feedback. So, yeah, it's really important. Those are some great strategies. We are talking with uh, Elka Schultz and we are discussing the work that she does regarding Anxiety Warrior, there's the Anxiety Warrior Project, uh, celebrating living life well. And uh, she, is, uh, <clears throat> she also believes that through creativity, we can clearly access our true potential. And all your life, of course, uh, it says here that uh, uh, you have understood the connection between the arts and living for, uh, your, uh, for the elements in uh, interconnected all the elements are interconnected is very at every level uh, and uh, you're also able to uh, simplify concepts and relay them to people as we're going to do here on this program in a simple fun and uh, and approachable way I'm Richard Dugan this is tell me your story new paradigms for a new world and uh, we encourage you to stay with us we also encourage you to go to her website she has a couple of them but uh, we'll send you to uh, Elke um, Summer, Elke Schultz. I'm getting <laughs> this wrong. Elke Schultz. That's a nice compliment, though, Richard. <laughs> I, 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 yes, it's a, it's a Freudian slip there. And it's E-L-K-E-S-C-H-O-L-Z.com. You can find out more about the work that she is doing as well as see some videos. Uh, Elke Schultz is uh, encouraging you. She's a psychotherapist to look into the work that she is doing that will really, I think, go a long way to help you through these, uh, these challenging times, folks. I want to touch upon another area uh, in, in this regard, and it's the definition. We, we like to define terms here on the program. Mm, okay, sure, yeah. All right. We've heard the old sayings that money is the root of all evil. Whether it be true or not is not the relevant point here. Uh, we've heard other sayings about it. My question to you is, what is, what is money? What, what is, is it? money? What is it? <laughs> I, I know that sounds silly, but there are a lot of people who don't understand, and maybe we need to speak of it more from a, an esoteric or metaphysical perspective, uh, because we get ourselves all charged up, as we just talked about. We get very anxious when it comes to these numbers that with a negative behind them in whatever the circumstance is. And I wonder if it's a lot, has a lot to do with the fact that we don't really understand what it is. Okay, sure. Uh, sure. Um, so money, uh, one of the things that I learned, um, I, um, I actually, as a, a single parent, and um, in most of my adult life, uh, lived in poverty. I didn't realize that at the time. I, I always thought I was lucky and I always was able to manage somehow and I made choices. So I was always aware of those things. And one of the things that I did learn and that shifted a lot of my life was my relationship with money. Mm -hmm. And exactly the question, Richard, that you ask is um you know what is money and learning that money is a is an exchange of love it is some kind of exchange and um 
when, you know, when I started realizing that and it changing my relationship and being happy to be able to pay my bills. And I'll tell you, that was a real curveball for me um, to really, instead of dreading going to the mail, being excited to go to the mail and being excited that I could make those payments and actually pay for my mortgage and pay for my expenses. And when I did do that, things changed for me. And uh, yeah, and so uh, money, uh, you know, it's interesting that you said money is the root of all evil. I've heard lots of these are belief systems. Money doesn't grow on trees. Who do you think I am? Rockefeller, um, you know, uh, rich people are crooks. I mean, I've heard I've heard all of those growing up. And of course, my relationship with money um, wasn't good. You have to work hard. No, all these are belief things that we have picked up and um, we don't need to feel that way. We can actually, um, you know, look at money as an exchange of service. And what is service? Service is a form of love. And, mm. um, you know, when I'm exchanging something, and it's interesting how you said about, you know, I've got to work for something. Well, that's an active service, just like you're doing this program. Just it's this active service is an act of love. And does it always translate into a dollar? I don't know. Um, and it doesn't matter. And um, the other thing uh, people talk about is tithing. So that comes to mind. And uh, some people are very uh, strong about that uh, 10%. And, um, you know, it's up to you again. And it's about an act of love, not an act of should. And when we share and we're just um, I was just on a, a, a chat a little while ago. And uh, some of the things we're thinking about is a lot of our musicians um, have been devastated uh, the, this past year. And there are some of us that have been able to work. So what we're thinking of doing is having, and I'm planting this seed, is having some small house gatherings or perhaps uh, yard gatherings, uh, hiring the musicians. So just small venues, paying them, and uh, they get a chance to do something they love and uh, trying to give back and rebuild the arts in in some way that um, is honorable and helpful. And frankly, that idea totally excites me. I know I've got a few friends interested. And so, um, you know, we're going to keep the venue small. And um, however, it's a way to give back and and look at what we're what the gifts we're going to get is live music. And, and how wonderful is that? Yeah. Right? Oh, yes. So, and so just a simple thing. Yeah. Right? Well, uh, I've spoken of this, about this many times on this program over the years, that there is a universal law, that there is always an exchange. As much yeah. as you would rather give than receive, you can't fight that. It will happen. But as you just stated, it doesn't always come back the way we think. I mean, my, my early years in broadcasting when I was doing interviews and I was working then back in the 80s for minimum wage, which when I started in 1980, 81, it was $3.65 an hour. <laughs> and when I left that station 15 years later in 1995, my salary was $7.65 an hour. Double. That was it. Double the minimum wage was what I was making after 15 years. 
And I could have taken the attitude of, oh, man, they don't pay me enough, so I'm going to go ahead and take this, I'm going to take that, I'm going to take this. I was given an opportunity to do interviews. And uh, as I began to do these interviews, I would get the books or the CDs, if it was a musician, what have you. Uh, I would get to do the interview and, and hone my talents, my skills, my abilities. Uh, I would get uh, uh, the contact. I would get the connection with this person. Some of these people I've had on this program tell me your story in the, you know, uh, as well. And so I began to take a look at the exchange. How much would that have come up in dollars. If I had converted all of that that I just mentioned into dollars, uh, would I have, would I have uh, earned? And it would have been way in excess of $7.65 an hour. But I, I, the beautiful thing was those were things, especially the abilities, the skills, nobody could ever take away from me. CDs and the books and all that stuff, the connection they could never take away. The conversation, the networking, if you will, they could never take away. So that's why I, I got to that point where I said, there, there is always an exchange. I may not see it in my paycheck or in my wallet, but I will see it in other ways. And it's just been phenomenal. So that's something that's really helped. As we continue, I want to talk more, Alka, about methods that you have developed to help people to get beyond the uh, the anxiety and the stress that we are facing today. We're talking with El Elka, and she is a registered psychotherapist with the College of Registered Psychotherapists of Ontario. She's got a master's degree, love that, uh, in expressive <laughs> art therapy. I want to talk with you about that. And then there's the minor in psychology. I'm just glad it wasn't uh, uh, something other than basket weaving or under, especially underwater basket weaving. I don't know where, how you would earn money doing that, but hey, anything's possible in this world. As we continue talking here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, I'm Richard Dugan, and I really thank you for joining us on the program today. We are talking today here on Tell Me Your Story with uh, Elka Schultz, and she is a, a registered psychotherapist, and I want to ask you... Uh, about uh, the, the ways in which we can, and I'm actually going to dive into this one, the, the, your major, your, your master's degree in expressive arts therapy. I found it interesting, for example, when George Jr., George Bush Jr. retired from the presidency, if you will, he lived out his full two terms, and he began to paint. Who knew that this guy was a painter while he was a president? You know, and I'm not getting into politics. I just thought, wow, I, I, I didn't know the guy had, had art in him. And, of course, I haven't really seen much of his art. So I, but then again, there are going to be people who are going to go gaga over it because maybe it's because it's him. Maybe it's because of the style that he's chosen. I don't know. Uh, there are people who work with clay. There are people who work with rock, you know, and sculpting and that kind of thing uh, in, in many different mo modalities. Why did you choose and how is it uh, how is it that you were able to get a master's degree in expressive art therapy? How is that a therapy? <laughs> well, one of the things, Richard, is let me explain what expressive arts is. So expressive arts um, isn't uh, necessarily uh, painting or drawing a pretty picture. It is expressive and all of us can either drum and make sounds, we can express on uh, paper, whether it's with pastel or paint or, or pencil, and we can express 
uh, lines, whether they're angry lines, happy lines, silly lines. That gives you kind of an idea we can express with color. Uh, so there's different different ways of making expression. And so expressive arts actually works with uh, neuropathways in your brain. So mm. it's actually a science, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, which is very fascinating. And um, when and I do work with people, especially um, with trauma, uh, sometimes, uh, oh, well, a lot of times uh, the person cannot express with words. So I have them express with um, getting that, uh, whether it's the painting outside of them or that expression of sound outside of them. And uh, we do many different ways uh, using, whether it's collage or actually using um, musical instruments, movement sometimes, uh, psychodrama. And what happens is when you're taking that person through that space, of creativity, the brain and the neural pathways are fired in very different creative ways. And so at the end of the session, um, you will have stimulated those hemispheres and the person, we call it harvesting in our practice, is comes up with ideas and sensations that they've never had before in, and they're able to either problem solve or see uh, their, percep their perception has changed and they have transcended. Um, and it's very powerful. They have transcended in that hour, uh, whatever they were feeling. So it's, um, it really helps in moving um, expression and perhaps stuckedness. <laughs> so some of these words are not uh, real words, but certainly expressive art words. And, um, and people have been able to transcend and uh, move. Definitely, it helps people move. And it's, it's been, uh, it's very, very incredible to experience that with somebody. And um, so yeah, so that that has, and how I came about that was um, simply by uh, being intermodal as a facilitator. And I actually wrote my first book before I got my master's. And I was very um, experiential in the book. And the proof was in my classes and my students. And by the time I took a course, my um, teacher said, welcome home. <laughs> Uh, and that's where I learned there's, uh, yes, there's uh, degrees, actually even doctorates in um, expressive arts all over the world. Wow. Yeah. Now, I would also think that this would also include uh, writing, maybe poetry or story writing, and not necessarily Absolutely. writing out the stories of the trauma, although I'm sure that that would come up. But it's more getting it out of, out from the inside. Yeah. Yeah. That's the important thing. That's the important yeah, very, part. Yeah, very definite. And I have um, actually in the book, too, in Loving Your Life, there are some, I call them word games. Um, so you can even play with the words. And I have a word bowl in my studio. And uh, it's fascinating, really. And even the clients afterwards are just going, wow, that, that was in me and brings such wisdom to their lives. Um, and we typically call ourselves change agents. <laughs> uh -huh. I like it. I like it. Matter of fact, uh, looking at the, the, the page on your website, which happens to be 
uh, alkaschultz.com, you have uh, your books listed here. One of, of course, uh, Anxiety Warrior. Then there's Volume 2 of Anxiety Warrior. You just mentioned Loving Your Life. Uh, and then you also have a, an Earth Kit, Anti-Anxiety Toolkit. We'll talk a little bit about that. Star Kit, Anti-Anxiety Toolkit. But my favorite, my favorite is actually Loving My Life Journal. <laughs> I am guessing, I'm just guessing here, Alka, it's blank. It's blank. Well, not it's not totally blank. Okay. We um, we d we put some interesting thought in it, I think. And um, one one of the things that I found out was, uh, and I get a lot of feedback from doing talks like yourself with yourself and public speaking, and of course with my clients. And a lot of people want to journal; they just don't know how. So we came up um, with 26 questions and gave an introduction to the journal. So the, and the other thing is some people don't like lines and some people do. Ah. So the journal has, um, and it's, it's um, so we did a few of these questions. And so stimulation, uh, you can take them or leave them or you can answer them. And usually people, when they start with one question or two, they, um, they're ready to roll. And some people want to draw as well. So the book has um, lined pages as well as blank. And uh, it's hardcover. It's the only hardcover. The others are paperback. And yeah, we're very proud of it. Um, so thank you for asking. That's <laughs> yeah, very cool. I mean, I, I think that's a very important. I haven't in a long time journaled. But I have like five, six, or seven books of handwritten journals that I did starting from the age of 21. I was actually given a blank book, and I don't know. It just seemed like the right thing to do. And so I did it on and off throughout the next, I don't know, 10, maybe 15 years. And every once in a while, I'll go back and I'll read it. I'm going, did I really say that? No, come on. <laughs> Unbelievable. But those are the things that are available through her website. Again, alkaschultz.com. And we will be linked to her website as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story, talking about the work that she is doing. When we, uh, as we continue, I want to ask about EMDR. What is EMDR? And we will ask her uh, that question in just a moment. But I want to remind you that this is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are here Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Mondays at 1 a.m., streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com, as well as this special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We podcast these programs on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, TuneIn uh, uh, Blueberry, and many other locations. TuneIn Radio, I think I said. Also on YouTube, where you can watch these interviews. I hope that you will watch these interviews. And also, we will be linked on our website to um, elkaschultz.com as we continue talking here. What is... EMDR, and I want to say here before you answer that question that what I love about the description in the first sentence or two on your website is you are using an acronym to fight an acronym, PTSD. So <laughs> I, I don't know, it just seems appropriate. So tell us, what is EMDR? Yes, we need to we need to have those uh, those uh, insights and sense of humor for sure. So EMDR is actually uh, fits so well with art therapy and and um, it's kind of interesting. Um, it uh, was coined or given that acronym about forty years ago by Francine Shapiro, and um, she named it Eye Movement. 
desensitization and reprocessing. And it caught on so fast. It's a top tier therapy in the world. It has so much science background to it and research. However, she has often said that she wished it was just about reprocessing (laughs) because it's not about the eyes, uh, particularly. It is about reprocessing memories, not changing them. Um, Very... um, very well goes with uh, expressive art. So um, yeah, and a very powerful as well therapy. Yeah, and so it actually helps people uh, with hard hard memories to calm calm those memories down. Well, it's th- there is no question that we all are in desperate need, if if I can put it in that context, uh, of uh, some kind of support, but. In my in my working with another organization, a nonprofit, and it's it's called the Dead Poets Foundation, uh, found co-founded by uh, uh, Mariel Hemingway, and um, uh, she she has talked a lot about this whole issue of mental health, and mm-hmm. one of the biggest things, and I think we kind of mentioned this at the front end of the program, is that we need to start talking about this stuff and. As bad as the pandemic has been for some, and maybe collectively for all, there have been some very profound and positive aspects, and they are of of note, the conversations that we're now having about a lot of these issues, especially mental health, and they're saying that um, even even if the pandemic is finally uh, declared over, we in the in this country, but I'm sure it's a global issue. We are facing a global mental health, maybe not pandemic, but but maybe epidemic. And if we don't start talking and acknowledging that we're not alone, and we tell people this, uh, we're going to have bigger problems down the road. Your thoughts on that? Absolutely. You are bang on, uh, Richard. Um, um, Part of the thing is the fallout of mental health has uh, been devastating and um, I wish I had better news. And you're right. We need to talk about it. Um, The stress level has um, is really been hard on people and that is going to be a much longer recovery. And um, I wish it was different and I think that's why I do these programs. I'm very driven to help and I'm so glad that you do as well. And, you know, the books, um, I always say they cost less than a pizza. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the idea is that they're approachable and my whole focus has been to put strategies in there that are accessible. So, um, you know, t- and it's so, so important. And my experience, uh, I know you asked me uh, before, you know, what was my experience in my clinic? And uh, the cases are, are more extreme. People have lost their homes, their, their, uh, their livelihood. Um, those are some extremes. Um, so we're trying to, you know, like now it's kind of nice. Some people are, some of us have been able to work. So mm-hmm. it's how can we, how can we help? How can we reach out? And um, our resources 
um, aren't really, um, haven't been adequate, uh, not uh, in Canada. I know, uh, I think everybody has tried, but um, we're all falling short. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, we've, um, that recovery is going to be years or, or for some people, they're not going to recover. Um, yeah. Um, and but yeah, but that, we need to, we need to reach out a hand and say, hey, I, 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 you're struggling. I get it. Hey, I, I'm here. You're not yeah, alone. And, and You're not encourage alone. People to reach out, and yes. I'm grateful for where when they do. And um, and I I don't know what programs you have, but I know here we have programs. Uh, people are 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 uh, adding some pro bono sessions. Um, they're trying to um, and and I mean. Um, the thing is, is putting out even these YouTubes is the strategies are there. So if you can't afford the therapy, you know, check out the YouTubes yeah. um, and there's topics, very specific uh, and it doesn't cost anything. And that's that's what we're trying to do. And um, and you're right. I think it's, uh, you know, and, and the stressors come in different ways. So if you're finding you're not sleeping well, mm-hmm. That's that's probably number one. If you're not getting enough rest, that has got to be a focus of trying to get that rest as best you can. If you're finding you're irritable or uh, impatient, perhaps just um, you know feeling that you're snappier or less happy, um, you know, try and step back and and how can you support yourself, right? Yeah, absolutely. I. Uh- one of the other things that also is a positive that has come out of this, and I know that this is pro- in spite of what you said about resources being stretched thin, hmm. what I have noticed here in this country in particular, obviously my point of reference, is that the resources are coming out of the woodwork. Companies are stepping up restaurants in particular, especially those that have been locked down for so many months, they've got inventory coming out there is and they don't want it to go bad and they can't sell it the same way that they were doing it. So they would make meals and give them to people who needed them, whether it was the homeless, whether it was people who were just in need, they still had their homes, they still had a, a shelter, uh, but they just needed. And then of course there were the food banks. Yes, I know they were stretched thin, but somehow, some way, they managed to come up with the food. And I'm going, I've always believed this. Uh, uh, and this maybe goes back to that aspect, not only of there's always an exchange, but mm. also in terms of the attitude of lack that seems to permeate our culture. And what it's showing us is that there is an abundance of everything. It's not about the supply, nor is it about the demand. It's about the distribution. And what I have seen is during these times this past year is that the distribution has just gone full tilt in favor of helping people. To me, that is one of the greatest outpourings. And I hope it doesn't stop. I really hope that the and maybe it's been a good thing that it's been going on for a year because now it's sort of become a habit yeah, and I think uh, that's a great, um, you know, um, a great thing to focus on, and is how can we how can we keep that exchange going? And and um, like you said, and we've had that here too. Actually, um, we had some. Um, we call them. I don't know. Everybody's had different lockdowns, 
Um, and then the restaurants, uh, they did exactly what you said. Um, they had all this produce. They put it out there and said, look at, um, we don't want this to go bad. So yeah. if anybody wants it and, um, you know, they were able to, to do that. So that's really been good. And, and I know our local radio station, um, uh, bless his soul, the um, good morning anchor. He's his main thing has always to put positive spins out there every single day. Yeah. And uh, just keep it light and and uh, put put something fun out there. And, um, you know, we were talking about maple syrup, <laughs> <laughs> you know, different things like that. It, it sounds simple. And yet yeah. it's it's something really beautiful. And and um, yes. And so, you know, one of the things I know you you asked, too, is um, a great strategy is to stay present and um as much as everything's gone on and, you know, um, and it's interesting, we have 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day in our minds. And, you know, how do we stay present and what do we choose, choose to focus on? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, sure, we can listen to the news, get our updates. Um, and then you've got 23 and a half hours or 23 and three quarter hours, what are you going to do with the rest of that day? How are you going to focus your time? How are you going to focus your thoughts? And part of that is looking around. We are walking miracles. Um, just the fact that we wake up every day is a miracle on this planet. And, and then, you know, what can we do for our neighbor? And, um, you know, start looking that way and thinking about and focusing, you know, what's in front of us. What, what about our families and, and the home that we do have or the community that we do have, you know, we can, we can focus on those things. You can watch more of Richard's uh, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I would appreciate that. Uh, and and, and it's, it's only just begun. It's only since I guess September of uh, last year, 2020, uh, that we've been posting those interviews and uh, I, I, it doesn't sound like a lot, but I'm grateful for whatever the number is. I actually have right now about 19 subscribers. Okay. Nice. Uh, and you know what? I, and I even talk about the number of listens on SoundCloud through, through the various links. And I mean, it's up to 33,000 after three years, three years now and a few months. And uh, again, I don't know how, the, how that breaks down as far as what that really means. All I know is I'm just glad people are able to listen to these programs. And this is, of course, Tell Me Your Story. And we're talking with Alka Schultz, and she is uh, sharing with us about Loving Your Life. Loving Your Life, a great uh, a book that she has available. It's, uh, it's illustrated. On, uh, it's an illustrated how-to book, uh, basically becoming your own, uh, uh, become who you are and loving it through passionate, creative living. Uh, you also have the uh, Anxiety Warrior Volume 1 and Volume 2 uh, with contributors. Um, as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story, we're talking with uh, our very special guest here on the program. Uh, her name is Alka Schultz, and uh, I want to ask you how you came up with Anxiety Warrior. Wh wh where's, the, where's that come from? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things to go to war against, so to speak, but uh, I find that rather interesting. Well, it's an interesting and that's a great question. And um, uh, one of the things is I, I did want 
the book to sound positive. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually, I've got a book right here. I'm going to uh, just put it in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. There we go. Um, so what you see is a yoga pose and that yoga pose is warrior one. And I'm just going to show you number two. And this is uh, the yoga pose uh, warrior two. And I was, I, I, I wanted to, I mean, I have anxiety myself, um, and it's interesting when you said we need to talk about it. Um, we didn't talk about it when I was growing up. And, um, you know, it took me till my mid-30s to realize that that um, that I was struggling with anxiety, and um, depression usually comes with anxiety. So, you know, there's that story. And, and then uh, it became a fascination to discover you know, with the layers of anxiety, the causes of anxiety. So when it came time to the title of the book, the warrior isn't so much a fighter, however, an archetype. Oh. An archetype of strength, of uh, managing and overcoming. And um, so not a warrior to kill <laughs> or to maim. And I actually talk about that in the beginning of the book. And um and, and it struck me as I practice yoga, as you probably imagine, and I was doing a pose and it is one of my favorite poses is warrior one. And it, I just went, Oh, that's, that's the title anxiety warrior. And um, because the warrior pose, it's a pose of strength, of stability, of balance, and then the wings, it was also this idea of that we can fly. And um, yeah. So. Well, the one significant uh, uh, thing about those two images, those two pose, poses. Yes. <laughs> is, is the fact that is the fact that in both of them, and I don't know whether it's the left or right leg, is out there. It's in front yeah. as if to say, I'm going to face this head on. I'm coming at you. Okay. Yep. Not, not an attacking, as you said, this is not about attacking, <clears throat> but in terms of standing my ground, I'm not going to let this take over my life. I'm going to stand my ground and I am going to go through it. That's very important, yeah. isn't it? To go Absolutely. through it. To, and to step through and to step forward and, one of the things when I do sign the book, I say, we can do this. It's about taking that first step. And once you can do one step, you can take the second step. And um, the books are full of strategies. It's like a smorgasbord um, and just getting to know which ones work for you. And they're simple. And um, yeah, so mm. I'm very proud of them. And uh, people that have them, it's changed their lives. And that that's that makes me happy. <laughs> Fantastic. Your lives. Now, you weren't born with anxiety or distress. So it, le it, it, it seems pretty obvious, obviously, with with the conversations that I've had on this program and what we've been through for the last 40 years in terms of psychology and psychotherapy and all of that type of stuff that's available to self-helps. Then obviously it was what I love. Uh, one of my guests used to say that uh, <clears throat> it's it's the BS uh, that uh, that we were given, and she wasn't referring to the one where everyone's thinking of. She was saying the belief systems that BS. Where did where did this begin for you? 
And when, after it had begun, did you realize, I need to do something about this and I need to share this with others? Well, that's a really big question. <laughs> we got time. We've got time. You might have to break it down or interrupt me. Um, so it's interesting. You're right. Uh, we're not born with anxiety. And I mean, I could tell you my story. Um, it started at birth. I was separated uh, from my mother the first three days of my life. Mm. And um, so that was very anxious for her and, and obviously very anxious for me. And, and then being a um, highly sensitive child and having that character trait and different situations, anxiety can compound in us. And, um, you know, back then we didn't talk about it, like I said. And so in school, my first language wasn't English, it was German. And um, I also have a, a mild dyslexia. Again, that wasn't addressed where we address that very quickly with children now. And I always thought that um, it was because English wasn't my first language. I had to go to remedial reading classes. <laughs> and, um, and I still switch words and switch letters and uh, numbers are a challenge. And I've learned to live with that. And, and I'm not so worried anymore about um, switching my words or stuttering or stammering because I know it's just part of my brain. And my intelligence is more in essences and um, sensations and uh, in the art. So being a therapist is the perfect job for me. And um, so then, yeah, it wasn't until I, uh, it, it was not until my 30s. And I was actually reading a book on anxiety for somebody else. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and uh, as I'm reading this book, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is all about me. And this is what I'm going through. And I actually um, did go to my doctor and I talked to her about it. Um, and she said, yeah, she always knew that about me. Um, and she was just waiting for me. She's a good doctor, actually. And yeah, so my journey, it was a real journey of discovery of um, changing my mind and those 50,000 to 70,000 thoughts, changing those and, and saying, okay, what do you know, I, I always felt lucky. However, I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling great. I wasn't enjoying and loving my life as I do now. And I thought, okay, I got to figure this out. I mean, I have got all my digits. <laughs> All my body parts I've got, you know, I, I'm healthy, I'm lucky. I'm, and I just thought, why am I not dancing in the streets? Why am I not? I had friends, if you said, how are you? They go great. And they meant it. And I wanted to be that person. So that started the journey. Hmm. Well, I am so glad that your journey's taken you this far uh, to be here <laughs> on this program with us. Uh, we can use all the help that we can get at all times. Uh, we are not alone. And the one thing that I've kind of discovered over the years, uh, Alka, is that we all have the same emotions. Yeah. It's our stuff. stories that separate us, and not in a bad way. That yeah. make That's what makes us unique is our stories, because each yeah. of our stories is a little different. You know, yeah. a lot of them may sound certainly sound similar, but still, it, that's my story. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, sounds similar, but that's your story. 
but our feelings, what we, what we feel, that is something that's universal. We all have those same feelings. And I'm kind of with you. I, I myself, I'm not a real big fan of movies and television, dramas and, and all of that stuff, because it's like I can see from the very beginning where this is going. And <laughs> I know that either, uh, well, for, uh, we, were watching, <laughs> we were watching this movie called Breach. It was an outer space science fiction movie with Bruce Willis. And it was interesting. It was kind of fun. It was it was different. And uh, um, I was disappointed because Bruce didn't save the day. He died. Okay. Oh, no. Spoiler alert, ladies and gentlemen. He died. I couldn't believe it. I was like, really? He's supposed to because if there's an asteroid or a comet heading our way, I'm calling him and his crew. You know, Tommy Lee Jones and 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 and, and Clint Eastwood and the crew, uh, and and I'm going to send them up in a shuttle and they're going to save the day. And he didn't, <laughs> and I was disappointed. But what I've noticed is that in a lot of these dramas, I remember uh, Batman versus Superman. I use this example all the time. If they had just done. At the beginning of the film, what they did at the end of the film, the film would have only been 15 minutes long. Nobody ever would have watched it. There would have been no reason really to make it because it wasn't until the end of the film, the last 15 minutes, spoiler alert, they had a conversation about why they were fighting each other. Mm. And it turns out that they had a complete misunderstanding of where the other was coming from. Now, it's a great lesson to be learned that we need to communicate, but we need to do it before all the drama, before all the chaos and the destruction. That's when we need to do it. And that's why I think it's so important, uh, Elka, for you to be sharing with us about how to begin the conversation with that person or persons that we are, maybe we're having some challenges with. Uh, we're having some struggles with that maybe we're feeling anxiety in a certain place. I mean, hell, I was working for a radio station back in Phoenix back in the late 90s where when I was hired, I was treated like the boss's best friend. Four weeks later, after I was in the position that he had actually hired me for, he treated me as if I had just killed his best friend. Mm. I mean, it was horrific. But I wasn't going to give him the satisfaction of quitting so I would hide out in the production room or the control room or someplace to avoid him because I didn't want to deal with that hostility. I mean, it was an extremely hostile work environment. They finally laid me off and gave me a massive severance package. In broadcasting, you don't know this, but and most people don't, you don't get severance packages in broadcasting. It, it, no, when they let you go, you get what you get, your final paycheck. That's it. So uh, I took that as they were saying to me, yeah, you're out of here, but we know that we did you wrong. Mm. And uh, that was my situation. And I did try to talk to him. I actually did try to converse with him, but it was to no avail. I did find out the reasons why all of that had happened later. But talk to us about how to begin those conversations, how to so to speak, how to suck it up and say, all right, I know I'm afraid. I know I'm anxious. I need to talk to this person. Uh, how do I do that? Please, Alka, please help me. Well, um, one of the things as you were speaking, I, I, I write little cheat sheets here, little cheat notes. And, um, and I wonder um, if we can be more gentle, uh, more tolerant. You know, maybe the question is, how can we be inviting to the people that are struggling 
And um, I work, um, here's a, just a few examples. I do work with first responders. So our, our paramedics, our prison guards, our police, um, nurses, and a lot of them have great skills of putting on masks, uh, firefighters where, you know, they're not going to tell each other that things are, are going south or that they're struggling. And, um, you know, part of the thing that um, we're educating the people that have, um, you know, overcome their traumas is they're recognizing some of the signs and they're just being there, you know, um, let's go out, let's, let's just sit, we don't have to talk about how, how badly you feel, let's just have a coffee, uh, reaching out, just being there, are you okay, and supervisors and managers are starting to learn to do this, is just reaching out, and, um, you know, people will say, no, I'm not anxious, no, I don't have trauma, um, and, and like you said, Richard, we, we're all human. And yes, we have all those things and we experience all the unpleasant sensations. It's part of our humanness. It doesn't mean we're wrong or that we failed. So, you know, if we can just be and be with the per people that are suffering, because the one suffering is um, they're still hiding, um, they're vulnerable, they're feeling um, very um, exposed. And uh, I guess vulnerable is really probably one of the best words and um, also a bit scared. And um, they're, they're thinking maybe that they can't get past this and they've got to keep this up and you know, just to encourage them. And so what's happening is, um, you know, a lot of people are speaking up and, and speaking out. And so people like paramedics, firefighters that have overcome, they're doing talks and saying, look at, I, I did get through this. And yeah, it's a bumpy road. However, uh, there is an end to it. And, and again, it's about, you know, what we talked about earlier, stepping forward, stepping and walking through that swamp. And, and if we can just sit with that person um, and, um, and, and realize that, you know, if let's say if, if it's a husband or wife or child or and you're noticing mood changes, diet changes, sleeping changes, something's going on, um, just be with them and hopefully they'll open up. And, and if we're gentle about it, um, they'll feel supported enough to, to open up. Well, I will tell you that um, the one thing that actually came to mind is that when we are able to, <laughs> to suck it up, you know, and go right through the fear and the anxiety to have those conversations and to share, that, it seems to me, and you as the psychotherapist would know better than I, it seems to me it would do wonders for our self-esteem, our confidence, our sense of well-being when we come out the other side. Oh, absolutely. In terms of releasing. The thing is, Richard, um, um, a lot of people, and, and it, it's such a great question what you asked, and um, a lot of people... Um, 
they have thought for years that they can't get past it or they'll get stuck. And um, so a lot of comments I get when they do arrive is I don't want to go backwards. I'm afraid that I'm going to end up and no, it's not possible. Uh, once you've learned some skills, once you're practicing that awareness, um, you're not going backwards. It's not even possible. Mm. Will we have unpleasant hiccups? Oh, guaranteed. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're human. Yeah. Is it going to feel horrible? Yes. The difference is, and this is what I want to want to give you, is the difference is it's shorter. Yeah. So do I still wake up on occasion with debilitating anxiety? Absolutely. Is it just as sickening and awful as before? Yes. However, the big difference is it's this big or mm -hmm. this long. It's not days anymore. It's not hours anymore. It's moments. And because of the skills, I know I can sit there and go, oh, yeah, here we go. I don't like <laughs> it anymore. <laughs> However, I don't push it away anymore. Yeah. I, I bring it in and say, okay, what is it that I've got to do? What is it that I need to do right now to take care of that? And that's the difference. And that's the same with trauma, with stress the changes in that we have the strategies and um, you know um, it's, I'm delighted when I get young people in my practice because they have, they get, they're getting lifelong strategies. You know, we can do this. Yeah. This is exciting. It really is. And I really do encourage people to go to your website. It's exciting. <laughs> well, it's exciting because if we can become that anxiety warrior, and step into the fear. Uh, as I said, we, we empower ourselves. And isn't that one of the biggest issues that at least I've seen over the last five or six years culturally in this country is we have, been, many, many people have been playing the victim. It's always somebody else's fault mm. for the way I am, the circumstances that I am in, when re in reality, it's all my responsibility. I'm not going to say it's your fault. It's not, right. you're not to blame. It's right. your responsibility. You made the choices, just like I made the choices that have placed me in the conversation that we had earlier in the program about my financial situation. Nobody did that to me. The credit card companies aren't to blame. Uh, the utilities aren't to blame. I'm responsible. Well, one of the things too, Richard, that we're responsible for is our healing. And, um, you know, yes, we've picked up belief systems, we've picked up all kinds of habits. And okay, let's be aware of them. And let's see how they affect us. And every body is different. Each body is different. Like, Something that troubles you may not trouble me or the next person. However, it may trouble somebody else. And, and there's no right or wrong in it. It's just to be aware. And then it's again, how do we step through it? And the other thing I'd like to give our, our listeners is it's all temporary. And if you, you want a really lovely word, you can use temporary or impermanence. I mean, have you ever laughed so hard you've cried where your belly hurts and <laughs> you know it's just like you're just howling but then all of a sudden you can't even make a sound anymore well 
you know what? Our body can't sustain that. Yeah. You know, we might be 15, 20 minutes, whatever. I don't even know if we can laugh that hard that long. And, you know, um, and then, and other feelings are the same. So yeah. that fear, that anxiety, just know that it passes. It doesn't last. Our body cannot sustain it. And then we switch. And what we can learn is we can learn how to make that switch a little quicker. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I'll say it's been a long time since I've had that kind of laugh, but I do remember those times uh, yeah. when, when a buddy of mine and I, we used to go into a radio station that I was working for late at night after they'd gone off the air, and we would start recording these radio shows, which I still have the uh, reels of. Uh, but there were times when we would get into stuff, and we couldn't stop laughing. I'd say, i I, I, I got to put on another song here because it's And it was just such a blast. And I get the sense whether it's laughing or crying or whatever the emotion is that you are kind of in that uh, emotion, moving forward emotion about. Um, and number one, it's temporary. But number two, there's a reason why that's coming out now. And that's the other that's the other element of it in terms of releasing some of these things. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm hoping that that we can all stay in that laughter state more often than in the crying state. But sometimes <laughs> tears are good. Sometimes I've even heard my wife say this. Oh, no, no, no. These are happy tears. Matter of fact, it was after uh, some buddies, some friends up on the hill, and I uh, uh, built her greenhouse uh, that we, she is now filling up. Now we, gotta, we now, now need an extension to it. Uh, but once we finished, and, and, and she came out to take a look, and she grabbed me around the neck, and she says, come here. And she was in tears. And I was about to ask her, are you okay? She says, don't worry. These are happy tears because she was so happy she had her greenhouse again. So, you know, but again, as you say, temporary, they're all, it's all temporal. And that's something that, that we need to remind ourselves of and each other, that it's okay if you are where you are. You're not going to be there forever. It, you're not, you don't have to stay stuck. Although you and I, and I'm sure this is one of the reasons why you have the psychotherapy practice, there are some people who kind of get stuck, don't they? Well, we all do on occasion. Yeah. And um, just because, I, you know, I have a really nice barrel chair, like an antique chair there in my my uh, office. And and I just always say to clients, you know, just because I sit in this chair doesn't mean I have it all down pat. And, and when we're <laughs> in it, when we're in it, hmm. sometimes I need to go to my mentor. I need to go to my supervisor so they can help me through it. Yeah or I need to go work out, or I need to go to the arts so that I can transcend whatever that is. Um, we're, we're not meant to do this world by ourselves. We are we're tribe dwellers, we're meant, we're group animals, we're meant to be together as groups. And, um, you know, it goes back to uh, how do we work together? How do we keep supporting each other? And, um, you know, uh, we're meant to be together. Yeah. You're listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, along with Alka Schultz, and we are talking about a lot of wonderful things related to, and I think appropriate for, us becoming anxiety warriors, stepping into the anxiety, stepping into the fear, going through it, and coming out the other side, I believe, stronger and wiser and, and probably even happier, more secure in self 
and uh, we are so thankful that you have joined us here on the program. Uh, as we wrap up this program, and again, I thank you so much for being with us. Uh, no, I, I, and I'm serious about the level of excitement. I think that this is so important. It really is that we get excited, get passionate about those things, even if, if, even if it is crying. Get passionate about your crying. Get passionate about your fear and anxiety. And get passionate about your laughter and your joy and your exuberance. I'll try to calm down here just a little bit. Here. <laughs> no, don't calm down. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I love it. I And I, you know what, I'm just, um, I'm so happy that, um, you know, we can talk again. And I'm so passionate about this. And it does. It gets me excited. And I was, I've been looking forward to this and, you know, it makes my day. So I'm really happy too. And, yeah. and um, so thank you. Yeah. Thank you for following your passion. <laughs> well, I'd also let you know that my wife has joined us. Uh, there she is right there. That is her. Uh, she's standing before a tree. Uh, that is rather, I'm going to swing around this way for those I on wondered. YouTube. No, I saw it. It's right there. Is yeah. that not beautiful? That is one awesome tree. She's standing there and I saw her standing, looking at that tree and I'm going, what honor she is. She and the tree are exchanging and it's just, they're both blessing each other. And that's what we need to do too, is spend some time out in nature, uh, and, uh, and just soaking Absolutely. all of that in. Uh, blue skies, gray skies, snow, rain, doesn't matter. It's all good stuff. And uh, this is all good stuff with, uh, uh, with Alka, Alka Schultz. And uh, she's been joining us, alkaschultz.com. We're asking you to go to her website to continue your evolutionary process. Before we let you go, I asked you before, but hey, sometimes the answers change. I've got three questions I'm going to ask you. You may have addressed them during the program, but I will ask them directly. Before I do, I let our listeners know you, the listener, the viewer, uh, you uh, uh, know that we are here Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday mornings at 1 a.m. streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com as well as this special edition of Tell Me Your Story. Uh, we are also on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and many other locations you folks are reposting us to. We also encourage you, if this resonates with you and you'd like to be a part of the work that we are doing, we would be gratefully appreciative of any support you could give us through PayPal. We have a PayPal account for your security as well as ours, and a link on our homes page as well as our missions page, where you can read a bit about what our mission is all about, what we're here to do, what we're uh, striving for. And we also ask you to participate in the decade of perfect vision. We didn't get into intuition. We'll get that next time you have you on the program. We will have you back to talk about the importance of going within. Uh, and you can't deal with what we've talked about this entire hour without going within. You, it's, it's impossible. So we get, we'll get to that next time. So before we let you go, first of three questions, who is Alka Schultz? Who am I? I am a snowshoer, happy pet owner, <laughs> and author, <laughs> and piano player. <laughs> what is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now? I, my passion is if I can make your life easier, smoother, happier, that's my passion every single day. If I can do that some way. Yeah. And finally, what is your life's purpose? That is my life's purpose is uh, if I, my life's purpose for years has been to make your journey easier. Mm -hmm. If I can do that, then I'm happy. I'm thrilled actually. Mm. Well, Elka, Elka, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Elka Schultz, 
aka Alki Summers, uh, here on <laughs> Tell Me Your Story. Thank you so much for joining us. There you go. <laughs> Uh, dancing around and singing a song, she was she was phenomenal. She really was. I I, I remember her. I do. Uh, but we thank you, Elka, for joining us here on the program and sharing your story and your insights into uh, becoming an anxiety warrior. And we will look forward to having you back in the not too distant future to to talk about going within and that the importance thereof. All right. That's a great. I love it. All right. We will plan on that, and we thank you for joining us here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your <laughs> dreams come true. I think I can do this. Yeah, there you go. I think I got it. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to lull. <laughs>